Hello, racing fans. Edison Hatter back with another episode of First Over with Edison Hatter. This is episode number 13, and this is a very, very special episode. This will be to discuss the races on this Saturday, September the 11th, 2021 at Woodbine Mohawk, a huge 13-race program, and it's highlighted by, of course, race 11. It will be the Pepsi North America Cup number 38, and to help me talk about the card for this coming Saturday, I'm happy to be joined by Howard Kravitz. Howard, welcome to the show. Thanks, Edison. Appreciate it. First time on your show. Just want to say you're doing a great job, and we love uh, listening to all the harness racing info that you're giving everyone. Thanks, Howard. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we hope to have you back in the future to be able to talk a little bit more about your background. But given how many races and in-depth we want to go into this card, we're going to jump into that. But I'll give you a couple seconds here to talk a little bit about the podcast that you host. Yeah, so real quick, uh, I I work for In The Money Media, of course. Um, I have my own podcast as well called the HHH Racing Podcast. It's on YouTube only. So if you just go to the YouTube search bar and type in HHH Racing Podcast, and I mainly cover thoroughbred racing on there. But I did start as a harness player uh, back in the day. So I'm very familiar with harness. I play uh, metal ends and watch yourself, uh, of course, often on the simulcast show. So I'm very familiar with harness racing as well. Uh, but again, HHH Racing uh, podcast. Also, you can find me on Twitter at H Kravitz, H K R A V as in victory, E T S as in Sam, at H Kravitz is my Twitter handle. So, Howard, this is the most races we've talked about on the show um, in any episode. We're going to discuss all 13 on this card. So, let's just jump into this um, as we get started. As always, race one, races one through five, we're going to discuss this $100,000 guaranteed early pick five, a 20 cent base wager. We have some pricier tickets than usual today. I'm going $36. You're going $53.20. But obviously, it should be a really, really good pool for this huge night of racing. So I think it's definitely worth investing some more money into what we both see as an open sequence and the opportunity to pick up a big score here if we can get some prices home. So as we jump into race one, the first leg, it's non-winners of 5,000 in their last five starts or non-winners of 12,000 in their last 10. It's on the pace for a purse of 14,000. And Howard, who'd you use in here? Yeah, so I'm going uh, four deep in here. I'm going three, four, five, nine, not necessarily in that order. Um, I do like Unloaded quite a bit for uh, McNair. Has a lot of uh, speed on the inside, has been racing well. I'm not a huge fan of uh, two for 41 in his last 41 uh, starts, but has speed dropping down a little bit, could certainly win. There's two other droppers that are probably going to take more money, the four and the five, the four going fast, and the five JM, Jack of Hearts. Uh, the the going fast for Bob McClure, JM Jack of Hearts for Hensley. They're dropping down from higher class condition races. Uh, they both have some very nice closing times, especially going fast, who has been closing 27 uh, and a piece, as well as JM Jack of Hearts, who actually has some sub-27 final quarters. And then the nine, go west, go fast for Jonathan Jury. I'm not a big fan of the post, Edison. However, I didn't see a lot of early speed in this race, and I think Jury can use this horse early for trainer uh, Carmen Osiello drop over and has a shot. So I'm going three, four, five, nine in the opening uh, race of the day. Well, I swear I've not been cheating off of my co-hosts on recent shows, but I've had nearly the exact same numbers in the first race. It seems like compared to my co-hosts in the last couple shows. And uh, Howard, you made my job pretty easy here as well. Three, four. Five and nine. I use all four of those. Now, the other one I throw in is the one Dream Fair Moxie, who is 15 to 1 on the morning line. This one's a big price, but the reason that I like him here is that the four you mentioned and then the four that I use as well are all dropping in class. And they definitely, 
have the potential, of course, to win here, but none of them have won in recent times, or really even been close for that matter. So the dropping class definitely will help them, but I always like to, when I use a lot of horses like that, also include one who might be moving up in class off of a pretty good effort. And I think Dream Fair Moxie fits that bill as he had the lead past the opening quarter and, and going to the half at 55 and 1 last time out against non winners of 3,000. Had the lead at the top of the stretch by two and a half, but did tire through the stretch, got caught, beaten by a head. But a nice second place finish. Again, does move up against Tougher tonight, but he does get a nice rail draw, so I'll throw him in at a big price. So one, three, four, five, and nine for me here in race one. But Howard, we see race two quite differently here. That's the open handicap on the pace for purse of 40,000, and you use four in here the three, the four, the five, and the seven. And I use the six, the seven, and the eight. So we're quite different here, but talk wow. about your horses. Yeah, so I think, you know, these first two races, I think, are pretty wide open. I, I believe you have to spread. The number three nocturnal blue chip is stepping up for Sylvain Filion, an eight-year-old. But again, closing quarters in 26 and a piece. This horse is razor sharp and should be able to save some ground and come on late. The horse that will probably be favored, or I think close, although you're not using this horse, which I find interesting, um, is Fortify, the four. Now, uh, the morning line on Fortify is six to one. I'll take 61, six to one all day. This is Tactor and Dexter Dunn coming in uh, to drive. Again, stepping up in class, but has a lot of early speed and an inside post. Two things I like quite a bit. So I think the three and four have chances. The five, Mayhem, Hanover, would probably be the longest shot of the ones I would use for Doug McNair. Uh, morning line there is nine to two, but I think we'll drift up uh, from there as well. But again, is also sharp and seems to fit. And then I'm also using the seven, one of the horses you're going to use. Were we vital for Travis Henry, a four-year-old coming off of invitational and a preferred at Woodbine has a lot of early speed. So I don't think the outside post is going to be a major um, issue. Those are the ones I'm using. If I could just mention that really quick, though, the sixth and the eighth you're using. The only reason why I didn't use the eight is I'm concerned about the post. I'm sure you're going to talk about this. The eight has plenty of back class and early speed, but is struggling to finish his races. So I'm concerned a little bit if he gets hung out wide. And then the sixth, Sintra, to me, has much better races uh, earlier in his career. I'm not sure he's as good as he used to be. So anyone could, you know, those horses can obviously win. But I'm gonna. Use, I like the inside horses a little more, and their upside as in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think especially. I think we're both kind of feeling the same way for these first couple of legs. I, I think it's just kind of trying to survive. You just kind of have to use so many just to try to get through these races. Um, and I definitely not blame you for using Fortify. Yeah, that's your done coming up. Nancy Tactor done had that one bet down the even money last time out when he finished third there after a pretty tough trip. I uh, got roughed up through a really hot opening opening half mile there. So definitely. Expect him to take some money, but for me, I like the three local horses. Sintra, where are we vital? Sentry, Pharaoh. These three have been hooking up in these preferred open handicap type events quite a bit. Um, so where are we vital, as you mentioned, that's the morning line favorite. Um, had a bit of a tough trip as well in the Invitational down in Georgian, and just in general, I think he prefers the bigger tracks. So the preferred win back on August 14th is kind of more of what I expect him to put forward tonight in terms of an effort, although that effort over Georgian down was by no means a poor effort. Uh, the eighth entry, Pharaoh, you're right, does have the tough post to deal with. But, you know, part of being a good horse in an open handicap like this is you often get assigned those outside posts. So you can see sure. some post six and some post sevens there in some of his past performances. Um, you're right, he hasn't gotten the win since back on July 24th in a preferred event. And since then, has been beaten a couple times, including by Where We Vital. But 
I thought that was a pretty good fifth place finish last time out, closing a 26 and four in that Canadian Derby. And obviously some huge names that he fell to that day. Ali Wag Hanover, catch the fire. This is the plan to only be five and three quarters behind those is some pretty classy group to be behind. And for the sixth Sintra, yeah, you know, he was much really, really good earlier, really, really just a couple months ago, earlier this summer, leading up to that Dan patch. So I know that he won um, a preferred handicap was second there at the end of July. They ship him down to Hoosier Park, down to the United States on August the 13th for Dan Patch Night. Um, he finishes eighth in that spot, had the rail draw, got shuffled back badly, never really factored in that race of 20 to 1, and then came back as the favorite in the preferred handicap event at Wood by Mohawk back on August 28th. Finished third there, first over, tough trip from post eight, disappointed as the favorite. And then 43 to 1 as a long shot, had a really tough trip from post nine in that Canadian Derby. So maybe he's needed those last couple races, and maybe now his third start. Back at home base here might be the one he needs. But uh, for me, it's 6, 7, and 8. Going to use those outside three to survive the second race. But for sure, would not be surprised to see one of your selections there more towards the inside of the gate. Um, pull a bit of an upset at a little bit of a number um, in that second race. So race three. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I wonder if you had any concerns with Worry Vital coming off. Uh, it looks like he's missed a few weeks. If you, if you noticed that, if you thought uh, any concerns there about the minor layoff. Yeah, he has had a... A little bit of time off there, um, but you know he also had been racing quite quite consecutively there, starting from um, really early July and just kind of probably been eight or nine in a row there, and might have just kind of yeah. needed one. That seemed to be a pretty some pretty good big efforts he had to put forward there. I mean that's three consecutive sub one fifty miles he put forward there in those three most recent. So um, I think a little bit of time off in this case is not necessarily a huge red flag. Um, he definitely might need a race coming back here, but uh, I, I think it's not too big of a concern for me personally. I agree. So as we move to race three, this is on the trot. This is one of our first of many, many big races on this car. This is the Peaceful Way final. This is for the two-year-old Phillies, a purse of $392,000. And Howard, you are making a single here. Yeah, I mean, uh, venerable, the number four. I mean, Edison, have we seen a you know, a two-year-old filly trotter as talented as this horse in a while. I mean, this is a serious horse. I've seen her run uh, on TV several times. She just has, she's very tactical, first of all, for, uh, again, this is for uh, trainer Richard Norman and, and driver David Miller. She can win from behind. She can be on the lead. I mean, she's undefeated six for six. I'm not getting cued here. I think, you know, you never know with two-year-old filly trotters, but I think in early pick five in general, it's important to take a stand somewhere. I realize, you know, Edison is not the most creative single uh, Venerable's four to five morning line, but I just don't see anyone here that could beat Venerable if she gets any kind of decent trip. I think another interesting horse, though, to mention at least is Adair Castle, who's also undefeated. But those were against Ontario site, you know, against Ontario bred horses for the most part. Um, all the last two have been more open company. But just by looking at the final times and the class, even though Adair Castle of three is undefeated, I just think Venerable is a much better horse. And on top of that, Venerable can just follow Adair Castle wherever you know she wants to, uh, to to get the job done here. So I'm singling with Venerable. I think she's going to be very tough to beat in this stake. You know, the more and more I listen to you talk about that, the more I realized I almost went the same route, and I probably should have, but... I'm just such a sucker for for win streaks, undefeatedness. So I had to include the three of Derek Castle as well. <laughs> I love it. But um, you're right. I, I think you probably pretty well hit the nail on the head of how this race is going to go. Uh, Derek Castle generally likes the front. Uh, David Miller, I suspect, is probably going to let her go early. 
He'll take the tuck right behind, and I'm sure he will explode through the stretch and probably win about as easily as he did uh, last time out in the elimination. And to be honest with you, she might not be much higher than one to twenty again here tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, four to five might be might be a, a nice price to get if you can get four to five on you know venerable. It's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, how people play this. People love to see one, 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 right? As in, I mean, people love undefeated horses. So I got to be honest, I, I'm more interested in the five Peyton Hanover than I am the three Adair Castle. I just am not sure Adair uh, Castle really classes up. And Peyton Hanover can again follow Venerable, although the five Peyton Hanover appears to be a little more of a closer. So I'm not sure she'll be close enough to Venerable to go past. But I think she's a pretty talented horse as well, even though. Uh, Peyton Hanover is only one for seven lifetime. Yeah, she, she's had a tough time of hitting her uh, brief career so far, just in terms of post positions. I know, obviously, having seen her at the Meadowlands so much this summer, she had, you know, post eight, post nine in, in the Doherty, and then uh, post six, post seven, some Sire Stakes. I believe had a post 10 in there as well, if I remember correctly, earlier this, this summer. So um, she's had a really, really tough, tough way of it. But uh, yeah, definitely one in with a chance. But you know, the thing I do like about Derek Castle, and, and, you know, I don't think she's improving enough maybe even to beat Venerable. See, I'm talking myself off of her already here. <laughs> but, don't, let, don't let me convince <laughs> – stay strong, Edison. Stay strong. But if you do look at the time, she is making this really nice progression. You know, she started in that first qualifier back in late June at two minutes and three-fifths. You know, she still won, just kind of cruised through. Then Paramutual debut, 157-4, and four, slowly worked the times down to 155s, and now she went 55-4 and four in that peaceful way, another couple – fifths of a second faster than she did in the Champlain. So she is making nice progress, but you're right. The, the test against Venerable here is, is for sure going to be a very tricky one for sure on the Saturday night. Yeah, I just think she's going to be tough to beat. And the other thing about these younger horses, and maybe Addison, you could touch on this now or later if we have time, but these drivers are usually pretty careful with these younger trotters. So is there a lot more in the tank for Adair Castle? It's very possible she just hasn't shown it yet, but I think it's fair to say that she has not faced the likes of a horse like Venerable, though. Yeah, she hasn't, um, you know, but uh, you're right. She she is mostly, except for an Ontario Sire Stakes division back on August 20th, where she only won by a head. She did have to fight that day, but otherwise, uh, she's pretty much had her own way for the stretch. That was a pretty geared down three-quarters length win last time out in the elimination. So, uh, could there be more in the tank? Very possibly, but also Venerable won by five and three-quarters uh, trotting off the screen in that elimination in a faster time. So, you know, uh, but we'll see. Nonetheless, should be a good good battle there of the undefeateds in race three. Absolutely. So race four, the Champlain. This is two-year-olds on the pace, $213,170. And for me, I just used the seven and the eight in here, market-based and Stonebridge Helios. Stonebridge Helios was almost another one of those debated singles, possibly. I just thought he was so good last time out in the Ontario Sire Stakes uh, Gold Division back on last Saturday night. Uh, took over past the half. They got there in 54-4. and four. They slowed it down a good bit in the third quarter and came home only in 28 flat, but nonetheless, he got it done at even money that day. Does have to contend, though, once again with an outside post. Has post eight here. As he's three for five lifetime and two second-place finishes, he's never finished worse than second, so I think he's in with a huge chance here. The other one's market-based. It's kind of been hit or miss. He's three for six lifetime, but has no second or third-place finishes. It's kind of the win or nothing for him with some breaks in there, so he does have some breaking issues for sure, but... He's been a really short price in a lot of recent efforts, and he has gotten the job done in several of those. But there is possible concern for the fact that he was a vet scratch out of a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes final division out at the Meadows last Friday. So on his best day, I think he definitely could match up against this field. But I am, of course, slightly concerned how he's going to come back off of that vet scratch 
last week. So it's the seven and the eight for me in here. And how would you use a couple others? Yeah, I mean, the seven and eight are probably the most likely winners. I agree with everything you said. The only concern, like you said, I have the eight is that uh, he seems to be better from off the pace. And you would think from the eight hole, he probably will be coming off the pace unless McClure just decides to, you know, send him out of there. So I'm always dubious of outside posts in relatively small fields. I've just seen so many times where the obvious choice from the outside just doesn't get the job done. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. And then the seven, as you mentioned, has a vet scratch, has some breaking issues. I just can't trust the seven. So when I looked at this race size and I said, okay, I don't, I can't really trust the seven and the eight, although is probably the best horse in the race. I'm not sure that the outside post is going to do him any favors. I was looking for some others. Uh, the number three, Many Moons, not as talented, but is very sharp right now. Again, has early speed. Uh, went 26-4, and four, two back in the first quarter. And then last time from the seven hole was also used um, a bit and tucked in into a 26-1 first quarter. So when I look at the you know pace configuration of this race, I think McNair is going to be sending Many Moons, and I think he's going to get a ground-saving trip and uh, see what he can do in the stretch. The other horse I'm using is the four, um, Bob Lobla for uh, Sylvain Filion. Uh, again, another horse who is improving when 26 final quarter, two starts back in a stake. And then uh, Karras was against Ontario Breads again last time. Didn't do as well, uh, but I think uh, this horse is probably better off the pace. And I think that's what how Sylvian's going to to uh, drive this horse. So again, the seven, eight are the horses to beat, but I just wanted to use some others in here because I'm not sure I could trust the outside horses. Oh, well, Howard, uh, you know what you got, I got to do the, or you got to do this to me when we were discussing that Charlestown card a couple weeks ago and I'll do it to you. Um, you're looking at program proofs. I will add in there for the three many moons. Uh, Doug McNair actually had his choice between Atlas Hanover, many moons. He actually took Atlas Hanover. So it'll actually be Tim Tietrick who will be aboard at many moons, but, uh, uh the bionic yes. man himself should not be of any concern. I, I, definitely I apologize. I was looking at the program and not uh, some information you sent me. I greatly apologize. But definitely, uh, by no means is Tim Tietrick uh, in a bad name to have in the bike at all for a horse no. that you, you select. Um, and then, yeah, for the four Bob Loblo, uh, Loblo, if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, Howard, um, you might want to check out that replay back on August 28th when that horse won in the Sagawea. Ken Middleton, yeah. the trainer, the owner, the breeder, is also the track announcer at Wood by Mohawk. So a very professional race car from him, too. Call his horse home an upset winner in a big $140,000 race. Very, very cool moment. How many times have you uh, called your own horse to win a $140,000 race? Has that happened yet? And when is it going to happen, Edison? Uh, you know, if I even own a horse in a $10,000 race, I'll be happy, let alone a $140,000 race. And to win it would be just a whole nother level. So we'll, we'll wait on that one. <laughs> the, the emotion. I mean, how cool is that, right? I mean, we could talk about that forever. But the emotions had to be amazing in that race. That's pretty cool. So as we move on here, Howard, to race five, the payoff leg of this early pick five. And, oh, gosh, it's one of those, you know, it's a field of non-winners of 16,000 in the last five starts, non-winners of 26,000 in the last 10 starts. It's on the pace for 24,000. And, you know, generally we'd say this is one of the better races on the card. But believe it or not, this is probably one of the the cheaper races. Well, the cheapest race we've got on this entire card with uh, such a great, great card on Saturday night. But nonetheless, a really good field here to close out this early pick five. And who do you use here? Yeah, I went three, four, six, nine. By the way, a good side bet, Edison, should be how many races go sub 150 of the of the 13 races. I think there's a chance, like, literally 12 of them. But anyway, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of fast miles. And like you said, these are very nice horses, but there are so many great horses in this card. I'm going three, four, six, nine with my four. Um, 
better buckle up who gets T trick uh, tonight, uh, who is uh, actually what an eight to one to I see eight to one morning line, which seems crazy to me gets a huge post shift and a nice driver change too. So I think better buckle up is very interesting at a nice price. The Greek freak is probably the horse to beat the four, but again, comes off a judge's scratch and is off a, a month. So that has to be a big concern, but boy, the, the Greek freak, I guess if you're a big fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, you'll bet this horse as well. Um, has a lot of back class. It can certainly win if he's ready. That's the big question. Speedy Dominic A, the six, also has a lot of early speed. Uh, I think will be a, a factor from the get-go for uh, James McDonald. And then I'm using the nine, who is a price here for a pretty good driver whose last name is named Jingra. I think he can win some races. Sweet Diesel, who has a wicked close. And if the pace sets up, I think Sweet Diesel at 10 to 1 morning line has a shot. This is a pretty wide open race to me to close the early pick five, Edison. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I you know, sometimes pick five sequences to me just kind of come easily and it's just kind of easier to, to write it out. And, oh, okay, that's affordable and here we go. This is one of those that, that, you know, places where I've got two horses, I considered using six at some point. Places where I've got three horses, I probably considered using seven. I mean, you know, you, you could have used a lot of horses here and, um, obviously, for the cost of the ticket, I was only able to use three. So I- I'm using the three, the four, and the seven. So I'm with you with the three, better buckle up, the four, the Greek freak. Um, but I will also throw in the seven, East End, who is making the drop down to this level for the first time since August 21st, three starts back, where he was a really good second, beaten only by a head, 10 to 1 that day. And then he went up against tougher company in the preferred handicap the next week, finished fourth in there, beaten by a length and three quarters, not totally disgraced amongst that field of eight. And then he came back with a 10th place effort that I think he can kind of throw out from post 10 out there against the non-winners of 26-5. So um, getting the drop down in class and post 7 a little bit better, at least, than post 10. We'll see what kind of trip he's able to work out with Trevor Henry. So I will throw him in for my third number. So to recap these early pick fives before we turn on to the rest of the card, for Howard, it's a $53.20 play. It's 3-4-5-9 with 3 4 five, seven. With four, with three, four, seven, eight, with three, four, six, nine. And for me, it's one, three, four, five, nine, with six, seven, eight, with three, four, with seven, eight, with three, four, seven, and that's a $36 ticket. So next, Howard, we'll turn on to some later races, namely all of them, races six through 13, and we'll just discuss some of these briefly. Um, obviously, we'll spend a good bit of time as we get into the bigger races, but uh, to get started here, race six. A nice three-year-old open. It's on the pace for fifty thousand. And uh, what were your thoughts on this race? Yeah, I have an order. I have eight one six uh, in in this race. I'm going with the eight outside horse century uh, Heineken for uh, love the name by the way for uh, and the beer for that matter. Uh, for Dom Knair, uh is in fine form. Uh, was in some Ontario uh, Ontario sire stakes several races back at, at against some very tough horses. So uh, was in a condition race last time. So I suppose this is actually this is definitely a step up in class, but has a ton of early speed. I mean, Edison, 25 and four first quarters. This horse has been involved in and in looking at I don't see a ton of early pace. So I do think the eights can be able to cross over the one who I think might be the favorite. Actually, Pirate Hanover has some wicked closes again, closing in sub 26 final quarters. I just love seeing 25s, Edison, in the program. Um, was in the Sun Beach somewhere and then the North American Cup qualifying uh, race. So anyway, I, I think Pirate Hanover would probably be the favorite, but I'm going 8-1-6. 
So I consider the one pirate Hanover and the eight century Heineken. Definitely agree that they're both in with chances, but um, I use a horse that you didn't actually mention here. I'm going to try the five powertrain who, you know, three to one on the morning line. I think he's going to be a bigger price than that. I hope if he's three to one, I actually wouldn't take him at that short of a price. Um, he does come off of a good qualifying effort this week. And it's nice to see off that qualifier four days later, they're ready to race him. But um, he had many breaking issues before that. The Ontario Sire Stakes in Sun Beach somewhere had a break in Ontario Sire Stakes division before that. But when he does stay flat, he's definitely in with a chance. Um, finishing second against uh, non-winners of three lifetime back on July 17th. Second beaten by three quarters in a, in a $160,000 Ontario Sire Stakes gold division back on August the 7th. So I'm just going to take a chance here. He's three for eight lifetime. You know, he's kind of hit or miss here depending on whether or not we get the breaking issues. But hopefully off the clean qualifying line, um, Sylvain Filion. Staying aboard here, hopefully this one's ready to rock and roll here in this open event tonight. So for me, I'll try the five on top over the one and the eight. So race seven, that's the good times final. This is for the three-year-old. It's on the trot for $240,000. And first things first, Howard, you are interested in the horse on the also eligible list. Yeah, so do you have any uh, insight, Edison, as if this horse will be getting into the race or not, first of all? Um, I don't, um, not aware of anything out there, if there's any early scratches or anything. Um, and generally speaking, just given that we generally have less scratches in harness racing compared to, you know, thoroughbreds, generally speaking, um, I would say the odds are probably against him getting in, but, um, and for that matter, I'm also not sure with Marcus Melander with Son of Mystery, uh, this horse is obviously stable down in the U S so I'm not actually sure for that matter on his physical whereabouts. So, um, I, I suppose he would be around the barns up there if he should be called upon but for that matter he might not even be in the country <laughs> sure and it's it's worth mentioning and i'm sure you might want to i'm sure you've talked about this on other shows but they do go uh, 10 across on the gate so if he is is in this race he would trail in theory behind the one although they of course could trail behind any horse they want um if if some of a mystery gets in I, he's been facing very tough horses he was in the ham elimination he was in the hamiltonian final he's just been staked everywhere I've seen this horse race many times at the Meadowlands. He does tend to break once in a while, which is always he broke last time in the good times, you know, race. So listen, he's similar to the five horse in the previous race, right? That you had that powertrain. These are sort of all or nothing types. If some of a mystery gets in and is right, I see no reason why he can win the race. If he does not get in, I'd go with the sixth, dance in the dark, another horse who actually has uh, has some breaks shown before. I bet this horse actually on July 17th is Stanley Dancer, uh, a singled. He was, you know, very short price. I've also bet against him when he's been short prices. So do what you will with Dancing in the Dark M um, for, again, for Melander. These are two very talented horses. However, they break, and that's very risky. If you want to go with some horses that are more dependable, and we'll stay on the trot, the five fashion uh, frenzy, I think, uh, has a big shot. Or a lot of early speed will be in the mix from the get-go. And then also the three, Locatelli, who I would have had higher, but just got such a dream trip last time in the good times and also had some breaking issues before. But I will say is for Tactor and McCarthy. And so if this horse just maybe is they figure out what to do uh, with him and maybe this gelding just has figured out how to trot and could be better than I give him credit for. But again, if 11 gets in, I'd go 11. I'd go 11, 6, 5, 3. Well, for me, you know, I like Locatelli last week over Son of a Mystery, and obviously Son of a Mystery made the break at 1 to 5. Um, I did not particularly like Fashion Frenzy or Dancing in the Dark M, so as we go to the final, 
And, you know, Locatelli, Fast and Frenzy, the two elimination winners, went in identical times. I guess, logically speaking, I've kind of still got to like Locatelli here, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yep. Locatelli, a nice, nice two-length win last time. You're right, got a nice setup. And obviously, Son of a Mystery was probably on the path to victory if he doesn't make that break through the stretch. But 5-1 um, to one was a nice price last week on Locatelli. And to be honest with you, I expect kind of similar here. If Fast and Frenzy and Dancing in the Dark take some money, and especially Son of a Mystery if he gets in. So um, I'll go right back to Locatelli again. But Dancing in the Dark, Am, you're right. He's a tricky one for sure. Um, you know, uh, I've kind of flipped back and forth on my Hamiltonian pick throughout the summer leading up to it. And at one point or another, a couple times in there, I know he was probably my top pick before he ended up making that break at 4-5 to five in the Hamiltonian elimination, um, yeah. which obviously is quite different, you know, compared to the thoroughbreds. We've discussed that before on the show. You know, can you imagine having – a um, couple 20-horse eliminations to the Kentucky Derby, just get like the top 20-pointers and the next 20 or something, top 10 from each sure. race. Could be kind of interesting. But um, So, yeah, so he truly is a hit or miss, um, Dancing in the Dark Cam for sure. But, uh, yeah, for me, I'll try Locatelli over, over Fashion Frenzy Dancing in the Dark. You know, uh, not getting too creative here. They were the best in the eliminations, and I expect them to be the best and on their A game here in the final. And, yeah, Son of a Mystery definitely with a chance if he should draw in. So race eight, that's the fan Hanover final. The three-year-old Phillies on the pace for 425000 And this is a battle in here between Hot Mess Express and Firestar Hanover. Was that the way you saw it, uh, Howard? Yeah, I mean, the, these two Phillies, I mean, wow. These are very talented Phillies. I, I've seen them race a bunch of times. Um, Hot Mess Express is just inside of Firestar Hanover, which I always think in harness racing is not necessarily a good thing because – of course, fires start Hanover could just sort of follow Hot Mess Express and and get the cover depending on how the trip you know suits out. But I'm going to go with the three Hot Mess Express. Uh, one you know nicely in the fan Hanover uh, last time against uh, uh, actually was uh, that was not against Firestar Hanover. I apologize. They were in different uh, races. But anyway, uh, Hot Mess Express won 150 and three. Uh, Firestar and Hanover won. 151 and one. I wouldn't read too much into that because a lot of the final times, of course, are based on the early paces and etc. So I just think Hot Mess Express has the tactical advantage. We'll get the jump on Firestart Hanover. But really, I think either one of these horses can win. Firestart Hanover for Dexter Dunn, you know, closed in 26 and four last time and won. Uh, I think actually relatively easily. Uh, first start over the track, too, which I think is something to mention. Actually, the same for Hot Mess Express, I believe, as well. Either one of these horses can win. I don't think much separates them. I've got Notorious Pink for Todd McCarthy and Tony Alanya in third. But uh, really, I think it's between Hot Mess Express and Firestart Hanover. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. These two are the, the two to beat. Um, and, you know, for me, I went with Firestart Hanover. Uh, just kind of the way I think it's going to shape up. I, I just can envision Hot Mess Express maybe getting the lead. I think Dexter can kind of put this one where, where she, put her where he wants and be able to, to get a good trip off of it. But uh, you're right. I definitely think Hamas Express probably has a jump turning for home, but we'll see if Firestar Hanover can get there late. Um, for Hamas Express, she, if uh, if she, the horse is listening to this, she should consider this a very good sign because she is eight for nine this year. I've tried to beat her in basically every start she's made this year. And you can figure <laughs> what the one time that I bet her this year was, <laughs> was an eight to five defeat. At Pocono, where I don't think she liked the 5-8 track, to be honest with you. I don't think she liked the smaller track. So she should appreciate the 7-8 mile track this year. But if it is truly whenever Edison had her, picks her on top, uh, she loses. Well, she should be glad to know I'm picking against her here. So 4-3 for me. <laughs> Who do you think will be favorite, Edison? 
Now that's the other great question. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna think that Hot Mess Express will be favorite. And I'm saying that based on I know they met um, a couple times. You know, in that Lynch down at Pocono, where Firestar Hanover finishes second and Hot Mess yeah. Express finishes sixth. Hot Mess Express was the favorite. Um, but I think maybe the race we're really looking for is more like the Mistletoe Chalet back on Meadowlands Pace Night. Hot Mess Express at one to five versus Firestar Hanover at eight, uh, eight to one. So I, just based on past experience, I got to think Hot Mess Express. But, um, you know, uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> sure. Well, in that Lynch also, Hot Mess Express was coming from the nine hole and Firestar was in the four and Hot Mess Express was still favored. So I think you make a really good point about that. Yeah, also valid um, point to make there as well, right? Big, big discrepancy in those post positions that day and, and yet still Hot Mess Express. So, yeah, so I'll say pretty confident. I think Hot Mess Express. Um, although, the morning line, race. although the morning line is 7-5 to five on Firestar Hanover and 8-5 to five on Hot Mess Express for whatever it's worth. So race 9, the Champlain two-year-old Phillies on the pace, $180,520 purse. Howard, how do we see this one? Four five one. That's it. Move on to the next phase. Uh, no, uh, you know, Boudoir Hanover raced really well at Lexington. Now, again, that at the Red Mile there, that's a very fast track. So you have to be aware for those people that maybe not as familiar with some of the times at Lexington, they really go quick miles there. So you see, you know, 25 and one final quarter. I mean, that is insane uh, final quarter, although they only went 125 and three to the three quarters, but still 25 and one. I don't care what kind of horse you are. For a two-year-old, I mean, that is unbelievable. Um, she has a wicked close. She's by Captain Treacherous. Todd McCarthy drives. Again, Tony Alanya. I think Boudar Hanover is going to be tough uh, just with the right setup. Silver Label, the five, really nice Ontario. Uh, Brad here has been in Ontario site in the gold final, etc., and has been winning pretty easily at, at, at you know four to five. Is undefeated five for five. So we see Silver Label who's five for five. And then you see Buddha Hanover is only one for five. People might, you know, cling to silver label just because of their records. But I think uh, Buddha Hanover has been facing tougher horses. So again, this is similar to a bunch of uh, races we've seen on this card, Edison, where you have some on um, Ontario sire horses going against, you know, open company horses. And it's going to be very fascinating to see, you know, who, who's the better of the two, the, you know, the horse coming in from out of town, or the, you know, hometown horse, so to speak. And then I'd also use the one. I love Ongate, who's a little bit of a price. But I think this horse is improving for Trevor Henry. Obviously, I love the inside post. I think he'll just sort of sit on the inside and, and hope to get loose in the stretch. I think could be a factor at a price. She's 8-1 to one, uh, morning line. I wouldn't discount this filly, the number one, I love Ongate. But to me, it's maybe between the four and the five. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, this might be one of those races um, that for me, and you know, this is something also maybe true for the race before, is we talk about them now just kind of taking a guess in our heads where the odds will be at post time, but depending where they actually are at post time may affect how I choose to bet this. And this is one of those races. Although Boudoir Hanover is second choice in the morning line, I'm going on the assumption she's the favorite, which is why I like Silver Label on top, but... Nonetheless, regardless of price, I do like Silver Label, and this is a horse that Monique and I, when she was on the show last week, we were talking about that, you know, there's kind of different types of four-for-four horses. You can be an undefeated four-for-four, where you've just had everything go your own way and you easily get it done, versus a horse that's learned something from those four starts. And I think Silver Label's learned a lot. Um, 
In her second career start, she was interfered with at the top of the stretch when coming first over, and yet she still rolled with a three-and-three-quarters length victory. In her third start um, from the rail, she got shuffled back badly. She ended up sixth at the quarter, and yet she still came from off the pace and rolled through the stretch to win easily. Uh, last time out, or two starts back, she was parked on the outside for the first uh, half mile. She still rolled on to win by three and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> and most recently, she got to the top from post seven and never looked back from there. So she's learned a lot from those five starts. And, um, yeah, no, she's definitely up against it today with Baudoir Hanover. But uh, I, I think she's she's the one to beat in here um, and hopefully will be able to prevail again here. Um, so for me, it's five over the four in race nine. So now we get into the really, really good part of the card. We move on to race 10. This is the William Wellwood Memorial. This is the final for the two-year-olds on the trot, a purse of 640000 And should mention that the winner of the William Wellwood Memorial gets an automatic berth into the Mohawk Million on September the 25th for the two-year-old trotters. So that'll be a field of 10, the way that the Mohawk Million works. And this will be discussed on future episodes. But just to discuss it briefly here, there were nine slots that were bought by horsemen. And they can use those slots to enter their two-year-old trotters. And then again, this is an automatic berth to the winner of this race. So for some of these trainers' connections, they might have already bought um, a, one of those slots. And so if the horse should lose this race, they can, of course, use that slot they already bought to enter the horse into the Mohawk Million on September 25th. Or, But if they win here, then it kind of gets more interesting. They can kind of look deeper into the barn and see who else they might want to bring to that Mohawk Million. So for sure, a very interesting concept of the race. And again, this is... Um, this coming Saturday, the William Wellwood Memorial Race 10 on the trot for 640000 And more importantly, that automatic berth to the Mohawk Million. It's a field of 11. And Howard, how'd you see it? This was a very interesting race. Now, of course, people need to understand if they did not watch races last week, there were three eliminations, right? Three three different races. It was race one, three, and six from last week. And I watched the replays very closely. I'm sure many people listening to the show uh, probably watched the races last week. If you did not uh, it would be a great idea to watch those elimination races. To me, Edison, uh, the third race last week, September 2nd, was clearly the best elimination of the three. And so there, are, I, I prefer horses coming out of that race. It was also the most roughly run race in the respect that there were some breakers and there was a lot of things going on. Um, because of all that, I'm going with the number two, King of the North from Mark McDonald, Ray Schnicker. Uh, this horse was a little bit further back than I thought he'd be. Uh, there was a breaker, like I said, lost a little bit of ground getting uh, away from the horse that was breaking, then made a pretty big brush to the top and uh, couldn't quite hold off uh, a nice horse called uh, Perculium, who's uh, Periculum, excuse me, who's in this race also. Oh, curriculum. Periculum, sorry. Periculum, the number four horse. Um, sounds like curriculum as a teacher. I should be able to pronounce that correctly. But anyway, uh, I like King of the North. I mean, he, this is a very talented horse. That was his first career loss last time. I think he had some excuses where he had to, you know, brush to the top into pretty fast pace there. Couldn't quite hold on. It was just an elimina- uh, elimination race for this. I think he's going to be tighter. Um, you you would have to assume he's not going to have to deal with a breaker in front of him. So I'm going to go with King of the North. On top, but a horse I want to talk about, and this is my long shot of the entire night. So if you just give me a minute just to speak about this horse, and I hope he does not live up to his name, the number eight pretender for Jingra and Nancy Tactor. This horse was in the same elimination as Periculum and King of the North. This is a replay special to me. I don't care if you're a harness, uh, you know, handicapper or thoroughbred handicapper. 
the horse le- left from the gate a little bit and then was bothered even more than King of the North in terms of breakers. Had to go a little bit wide. I'd say lost a good two or three lengths, in my opinion. I'm sure you'll talk about the race. Then uh, did get was second over, I believe. or might have been third over. I think it was second over. But the cover stalled. And he had to actually go three wide around that stalling cover. And then he had, there was another horse he had to sort of that, that veered out and he had to go inside of horses to close, close in 27 three and finished what might appear to be Edison, a nondescript third by three and a quarter. I think this horse ran much, much better than it looks on paper. He's only had four lifetime starts. He's got Jingra, Tactor, 12 to one morning line. Hello. <laughs> Sign me in. For Pretender as my long shot of the night, and I have the four curriculum who did race very well last time, but I think took advantage of some situations by leaving hard early and avoiding the trouble in behind. So I'm going two eight four, but I'm very very interested in the eight Pretender. So I'm with you. My top selection are also the two King of the North, but uh, obviously with it being such a big race, I'll just take my. A couple minutes here just to kind of run through the field and feel free to jump in here and add any comments you have. But uh, for the one World War Deo, that's 8-1 to one on the morning line, led most of the way through a 57-3 and three half, finished second, beaten just by a neck by Temporal Hanover in the third of three eliminations. Uh, he clearly will not be able to steal away a 57-3 and three opening half this time out from the rail, so 8-1 to one seems about right on him. Yeah, the two King of the North, my, my selection, disappointed last time out at 2-5 to five in that elimination, finishing second by three-quarters to Periculum. But prior to that, he was 5 for 5, and I don't know, he's just been one of my favorites this summer to watch at the Meadowlands. He's been a super, super cult. Um, actually, Ray Snicker, the owner-trainer there, got a chance to sit with him on the way back to the winner's circle on um, that New Jersey Sire Stakes win for 200000 when he got the job done. And uh, I know Ray was speaking, you know, Ray's had some pretty good horses in this time, and I could hear he was uh, pretty, pretty excited about that one. So uh, definitely King of the North, my top selection. The three duly resolved. This was one of the elimination winners um, in that first elimination. Got the job done by a neck. Came home in 27-2, and 55-1 the final time. He led all of the way. He got a 58-second half mile to open it up. Yeah. So I do not believe he will get that in this type no. of a race. <laughs> no way. Um, the four curriculum. Yeah, you know, this is something um, I talked about um, on yesterday's show with Jeff Zinnick that, you know, it's kind of tough for horses to make two moves per se, and, and Periculum had to do that in that elimination, and I thought it was a very impressive win in that second elimination, beating King of the North, that he had to work from post six, he got to the lead, he got shuffled back to third, and then he had to come on again in the stretch. So for Standard Bread, you know, it's really tough for them to make two moves like that. So Periculum, definitely an impressive win at 6-1 to one in the elimination, and he's one that I for sure will be watching with interest to see what his odds are at post time. If, if King of the North Happens to be bet down really heavily again. Then I might jump ship to someone like Periculum. So we'll see how that betting goes. Um, Temporal Hanover was even money in the elimination. Got the job done in 55-1, beating World of Wardeo, who again led led most of the way until he got caught by Temporal Hanover. But Temporal Hanover's 8-1 on the morning line here. The elimination winner not getting much respect, but uh, I suspect he will get bet down and will take some money here in the final, uh, my personal opinion. Um, the six. Espleone is uh, also coming off of a third-place effort in the Wellwood uh, in the elimination. Uh, made a break right at the start from post four, ten to one, and was still able to close in nicely from the back. There got away seven, twelve and a quarter lengths behind, finishing third, beaten by six and a quarter in the end. Again with that break right after the start, a good effort from him, but nonetheless he'll start at fifteen to one on the morning line. 
Seven Twinby Archie at ten to one in the morning line was a fourth place finisher in the elimination at four to five, four to one. So he did take some money in there. The eight pretender, as you mentioned, the third place effort at six to one in the elimination, coming out of the curriculum elimination. The nine, let's do it. That was the second place finisher at one to two against Dooley Resolve. Those two just put on quite a show through the stretch. I mean, those two just pulled well clear and just battled, battled through the stretch in that race. Um, but again, it was duly resolved. We got the better of let's do it. And the nine hole tonight definitely will not help his chances in the final. The 10 South win Domino third at a huge number of 76 to one in the elimination. And he was 21 on the morning line and will likely be a huge number from the outside post 10 in the final. And again, the 11 safe conduct at 15 to one. That was your fourth place finisher in the third elimination is on the also eligible list. So with that, we will turn our attention to the 11th race, a $1 million purse. On the pace, it's Pepsi, North America Cup, number 38, the final for the three-year-olds. Howard, how'd you say it? I love this race. I, I bet this race. I watch this race every year along with the uh, Meadowlands Pace. I, those are my two favorite races uh, you know, of the year, the two biggest races for the three-year-olds. Uh, this year, it appears to be a two-horse race to me. Uh, the number three perfect sting and the number four, Bulldog Hanover, to me, are just better than the rest of these, especially if they get the right trip. Uh, Perfect Sting, I mean, was was undefeated last year. Fantastic. 10 for 10. This year, 4 for 9. This horse has been in the money, 19 out of 19. I mean, that is unbelievable. So Perfect Sting is just very consistent, very fast, usually likes to be up close for David Miller, has a nice post for that especially because the one Jimmy Connor B is more of a closer. So even if the two better son leaves from there, perfect Sting is just a much better horse and a faster horse. So it's really hard for me to believe that perfect Sting is not going to get a, a nice trip from where he's at unless something very unusual happens, but boy, does he have a competitor in this race? Bulldog Hanover Edison. How about that race last time? Was that an unbelievable throwdown first over going a wicked, I mean, wicked third quarter. I mean, that third quarter is unbelievable. 26-1 and for a third quarter, which is extremely unusual in harness racing. You usually see, you know, final quarters or first quarters going 26-1. and It's unusual you see a middle quarter going 26-1. and Not only that, Bulldog Hanver, like I said, was first over. This horse is absolutely razor, razor sharp. Uh, Jameson in the bike. So, but the issue though here for me is if Perfect Sting gets the lead, Edison, and Bulldog Hanover is first over again, of course, that's a big if. But if that scenario plays out, is he really going to go by Perfect Sting? I mean, that's a huge ask. He went by Desperate. Sorry, he didn't go by Desperate Man last time, but he went by, you know, a nice horse last time. But Perfect Sting is a whole other ballgame. So, as sharp as Bulldog Hanover is, I still prefer Perfect Sting in this race, but uh, Bulldog Hanover, the four, can absolutely win this race as well. And the horse I'd throw in for third, who really could upset the apple card here, is the six, Desperate Man, who doesn't have quite the credentials as some of these others and is uh, Ontario bred, but has very fast closes, sub-26. And here's the way I saw this. If which way to the beach, Edison, the five, leaves from the five hole, which it looks like he will. I think there's a very strong possibility that the six desperate man will just be second over following Bulldog Hanover, might just get that great trip, 
and upset the apple cart. And the number six, Desperate Man, is six to one morning line. So Desperate Man, I don't think is as talented as Perfect Sting and Bulldog Hanover, but might really trip out in this race and possibly upset them. I'm going three, four, six in the North American Cup. So for me, the top selection will be the three Perfect Sting as well. Perfect Sting, a three-quarters length winner North America Cup. And I know I was saying this as we were um, discussing this card with Murray Slow, I believe, a couple weeks ago when I was saying that, um, you know, when we were discussing the eliminations, I was saying the Perfect Sting, you know, perfect 10 for 10 as a freshman, won the Breeders' Crown, just had everything go his way. He hasn't missed the board in 2021, but he just hasn't gotten the win in the big spot yet. He finishes second in the Meadowlands um, Pace Final to Lawless Shadow, and obviously Charlie May was up there before the disqualification. And a couple other very close stakes finishes, but Perfect Sting just has yet to get that signature three-year-old win, and I think this is finally the spot here that he will truly get his three-year-old season on track as he gets ready for the Breeders' Crown again, and I think Perfect Sting will get the job done here. But Bulldog Hanover, definitely a serious, serious contender here. I cannot wait to see these two throw down in this Pepsi North America Cup. But uh, much similar to the Wellwood, just to go through the field here, Jimmy Connor B from the rail at 15-1, to had the rail in the elimination, got away 7th, came home to finish 5th, beat by 4 and a quarter. Last quarter, 25-2. and two. We got a lot of really fast last quarters here in this field. Uh, the two better son uh, came in with a 5th place finish out of the Bulldog handover elimination, 20-1 to one on the morning line. He will be a long shot. The three perfect sting we've obviously discussed, as well as the four Bulldog handover. The five, which way to the beach was second, was tussling it up there with Perfect Sting most of the way from post eight, so definitely a better draw here for which way to the beach. And by the way, one mention for Perfect Sting and for Bulldog Hanover, for those that may be unaware, um, the way that it works for at least the North America Cup is that the elimination winners actually get to select their posts. So that was a selected choice of post three for Perfect Sting and post four for Bulldog Hanover. Everyone else was randomly drawn in there. For the sixth desperate man, this is one who has beaten Bulldog Hanover in the recent form lines back on July 25th at Georgian Downs and a really impressive effort that day against Lawless Shadow and Bulldog Hanover. Those three hooked up together quite a bit this summer in the Ontario Sire Stakes, so desperate man definitely in with a chance. Seven Simon says Hanover, a fourth place finisher beaten by three and a half at 41 to one in the elimination, 21 on the morning line here in the final, but he had the fastest last quarter of anyone coming home in 25 and one. <laughs> In that elimination, the eight of Buckabed Hanover 12 to 1 on the morning line also will be a bit of a long shot, but this is another one of those horses that just kind of has yet to have that coming out party here as a three year old, wins the Adios elimination, gets into the Meadowlands Pace final, and just hasn't yet gotten that signature win. And I know this is a horse that when I talked to Andy McCarthy, he was very high on him the last time I interviewed Andy on the Meadowlands um, broadcast, and he still is. So I suspect that uh, his coming out party will be coming sometime soon here with a big victory. So Maybe tonight's night at Buckabed Hanover at a big price. The nine Rocky Road Hanover, I thought Dexter Dunn did all that he could with this one against a monster like Bulldog Hanover. He led the way to the top of the stretch. He tried his absolute best there. Um, he did have to go that 26 and one third quarter, and yet he still hung in there to finish third, beaten only by a length and a half. Obviously, post nine here on the draw does not help his chances. The 10 Southwind Gendry finished fourth at 10 to one in the elimination from the rail, and now he gets the other end of the spectrum with post 10 in the final. And if he should draw in, the 11 Highlands Beach Best was the sixth place finisher at 55 to 1 out of that Bulldog Hanover elimination. So, race 12, the second to last on the card. Uh, I'll just cover this very, very briefly. Non winners of 11,000 in their last five starts, or non winners of 22,000 in their last 10 starts. Um, it's on the pace for 20,000. For those that are playing this race in any sort of multi race sequence or anything like that, 
For me, I go with the nine points north on top. In fact, I think it could almost be a single in any of those late pick sequences, uh, making a huge drop in class out of some preferred events, racing the Canadian Derby. Does have to deal with that outside post, but I suspect he'll get the job done here. And Howard goes nine, three, and one for his selections. But with that, with our last couple minutes left, Howard, let's discuss the 13th race. It's just a conditioned event that's non-winners of 8,400 in their last five starts or non-winners of 16,000 in their last 10 starts on the pace for 24,000. But a very important race to discuss because we have a field of 12 and a 20-cent jackpot high-five carryover of nearly 300,000 Canadian dollars. In fact, just over 300,000 Canadian dollars. And it's a mandatory payout. So we both have tickets for this. And Howard, I know we discussed this um before, but as you talk about your, your ticket here, uh, let's also mention that neither one of us are particularly super high five players. So I know we both kind of had similar thoughts of trying to kind of keep it skinny at the top and then allow ourselves to kind of spread underneath those third, fourth, and fifth positions and almost in some ways kind of make it an exacta type ticket, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for carryovers and, you know, in these big payouts. So when I see 300,000 in a pool, you know, I'm in. I don't care if it's uh, harness racing, thoroughbred whatsoever. And I have made this bet several times before the Super High Five. What I really think is great about this kind of bet, Edison, is it's not so much about handicapping as much as it's also about ticket construction. And so it's important to talk about ticket construction. There's many ways you can go. I know people that like to single, you know, even maybe the third horse, the third place horse, or a single who's someone's going to come in fifth. For me, Edison, Edison, it's hard enough just to find who's going to win a race, let alone who's going to come in third, fourth, or fifth. So I like to single on top. I like just to pick the horse I like the most and just hope that the horse I like the most wins the race, and then I can worry about other horses underneath. I have a $72 ticket, which I'm sure you'll run through at the end of the show here. Uh, but I'm going to go with number two, Real Willie, for Dominic Nair. Inside post has been in tougher conditioned uh, races previous to the last one. The last one was pretty much the same condition, but before was in tougher races. Has very nice uh, closing final quarter. Gets a nice post draw. Has been mired in the 10-hole, the 6-hole, the 8-hole, three the last four times. So I'm going to use the two, Real Willie, as my key horse on top of the super high five. Underneath, I'm going to go one, five, nine. These are all horses that have, uh, again, nice closing tick uh, kicks or tactical speed the one rock me roll me the five groovy joe who can close well and is dropping down and then a horse from the outside that i think will show speed uh the number nine so for jonathan drury uh new bred, who's also dropping down but has a lot of speed so i'm gonna go two with one five nine and then after that i'm using almost all horses one three five seven nine 10, 11, and just repeating that in the last three legs. So again, I'm two with one, five, nine, and then I'm using, I believe, what is it, seven horses underneath in third, fourth, and fifth. The one, three, five, seven, nine, 10, 11 for a $72 ticket in a race that I just love betting every year, these super high five carryovers. Yeah, I'm with you, Howard. Uh, carry over on anything, any breed um, I'm into. For that matter, I was at Best Bet Jacksonville for the closing day of their uh, Greyhounds um, last <laughs> oh, wow. and had to get into the twin trifecta nonsense that I know nothing about because it was like a $30,000 carryover. So the word carryover automatically gets most horse players interested, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you know what? I'm with you. I generally like to single at the top of a ticket like this, but for this sequence, I just couldn't do it. Um, I, the, the two real willy... I definitely like, 
and I use him, but I just couldn't single him. I had to use the one Rock Me Roll Me as well from the rail. I just thought that was a good third-place finish last time out against Similar. From post three, had to kind of work to get that lead in opening half of 54-3. and three. Um, And, you know, these two are actually coming out of that same race. Real Willie from post 10 finished seventh there. Um, so Rocky Romy did finish third, but obviously a big discrepancy in our post positions that day. Obviously, they both draw very nicely here tonight. But if Rocky Romy wants the lead this time out, it's probably not going to cost him 54-3. and three. So I got to use the one and the two on top. Um, I use the one, the two, and the five underneath. And then in that third position, I actually do go a little different here. I do, you know, so for me, I actually could use, and I'm sure you probably do something similar, but I actually had to go online and find a calculator and just kind of what I do is basically just select, you know, all by all by all by all by all, and then just start clicking out numbers that I don't need to figure out, you know, what's an affordable ticket. Yeah, just pare down from there. Yeah. So I kind of had to punt out a couple numbers in that third in that third position. So for me, it's two, three, four, five, seven, eleven. And then I have identical numbers in the last two legs. It's 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 9, 10, 11, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 9, 10, 11. Um, and that's a $106 play for me. So to recap those tickets real quickly here, we're running out of time. For Howard, the $72 play is 2 with 159 with 135, 7, 9, 10, 11. And then again, 135, 7, 9, 10, 11, and 135, 7, 9, 10, 11. So the same numbers there in those last three positions. For me, it's a $106 play. It's 1, 2 with 1, 2, 5 with 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 11 with 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 9, 10, 11. And then again, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 9, 10, 11. For me, it's the same numbers in those last two positions. And again, those are our tickets for this $300,000 carryover into the super high five should be a really great pool i think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be at least seven figures and uh, it could be a pretty big pool don't you think howard oh for sure i mean everyone's gonna be playing it that's interested and it's you know of course they got to stack up with a huge field with with two horses trailing there's 12 horses in this race so it, it's always a really tough bet to hit but you know get some friends together right i mean everyone puts in 20 30 bucks all of a sudden, you've got a $200 ticket you can play. So highly recommend you make this bet with a bunch of friends. It's more fun, and you can use more horses, of course, as well. Yeah, definitely. It's very similar, of course, to you know, like a pick five, pick six. Just get a whole bunch of friends together and uh, yeah, throw in a, a big ticket, and obviously it makes it more enjoyable to watch the card as well. You can win together, lose together, you know, cheer together, complain together. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, so with that, we are just about out of time here. So, Howard, uh, thank you so much for joining us to discuss this huge Pepsi North America Cup number 38 card this coming Saturday at Woodbine Mohawk. Yeah, thanks, Addison. It was a pleasure to be with you and hope to be on your show again. Had a great time, and good luck to everyone on Saturday night. It's a tremendous, tremendous card. Yeah, absolutely. We will get you back on to discuss a little bit more of your background. I know we didn't have time today with this huge card to discuss, but uh, for anyone that wants to keep the conversation going with Howard or I, we both can be found on Twitter. For Howard, it's at H Kravitz, H K R A V E T S. For me, it's at Edison underscore 1999 underscore. And as always, you can get your free program at woodbine.com backslash mohawk backslash free hyphen programs. And we will wish you the best, the best, the best, the best of luck in all of your wagering endeavors this weekend, in particular at Woodbine Mohawk on this huge Saturday evening of racing. And we will talk to you next time.